my pandemic experience, and everybody uh, has their experience, and I think everybody is going to have to write in a little book what happened or record on a voice note what happened. So in 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, we can hear our voice telling ourselves what happened. This is Jose Andres, the award-winning celebrity chef. And he says his pandemic story starts last New Year's Eve. For me, it was December 31st, 2019, when we saw kind of officially the first news that something was happening in China, in Wuhan, and that had all the makings of a pandemic. People that know me know that I love to cook, that I try to be one of the best chefs in the world. But people know that also I'm very, very interested into food beyond the beauty of cooking at home or the excellence of trying to have the best restaurants. That food is so much more than that. And so how to feed people in an emergency, that's always in my brain. This year, how to feed people has been on Jose's mind a lot as restaurants around the country closed down and many people struggled to put food on the table. But seeing all that gave Jose an idea. Let's put restaurants in America to work, to feed America. Why? Because who better than restaurants to feed the Americans that are hungry? Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, December 16th. Coming up on the show, Chef Jose Andres reflects on an unprecedented year for restaurants in his effort to keep America fed. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. I always say that I am a, a storyteller, a storyteller that when I speak in English, nobody can understand. <laughs> but <laughs> I can understand you. But I am a storyteller, and I tell stories through my restaurants and through the food. For me, restaurants are, are no businesses, are really the way to express myself and to bring to one place all the stories that I learn. Uh, through my life and through my trips around the world. Jose moved from Spain to the U.S. in the early 1990s. Since then, he's opened about 30 restaurants in cities from D.C. to L.A. His first restaurant, Haleo, helped popularize tapas in the U.S. Along the way, he's become a very famous chef. My next guest is a James Beard award-winning chef. He is credited with bringing the small plates dining. Who wrote this? It's called Tapas <laughs> to America. Michelin rated chef Jose Andres. Welcome to the show. Hello, chef. So happy to have you. Hello, everybody. I am a cocinero, as I like to say in Spanish, which is a word that I love, cocinero, which is a cook, which is mainly what I am. I, I like to cook and I like to feed people. 
This year, feeding people has taken on new urgency for Jose. Once the pandemic arrived in the U.S., like many other restaurant owners, Jose knew he'd have to close down. So in mid-March, Jose took to Twitter to make the announcement. Hi, everybody. Chef Jose Andres here from Bethesda, Maryland. And I am here to announce in these uh, unique uh, moments that all our restaurants in Washington, D.C. metropolitan area will close starting... I remember I was crying when I did that video because for me it was very amazing that for the first time in 28 years, Haleo, the place that gave me a place to belong, that I was shutting down and that people that work with me and make a living with me were not going to be having a place to work. In that moment, I don't know anybody else. My brain is like, are we going to be closed for a week, for a month, for a year? We are going to ever reopen again? He promised to pay his staff for several weeks as he sent many of them home. But he did have some work available for them to do. I was announcing that I was closing as a business, but I was reopening a community kitchen. We saw that soup kitchens were closing. Shelters were having an issue. People were not going to work. This was happening very quickly. All of a sudden, we had an emergency of the emergency on top of the obvious health emergency. The financial emergency, we have to close. What are we going to do? How are we going to survive? For how long are we going to be shut down? And then the food humanitarian emergency. With businesses starting to close down and people losing their jobs, Jose expected that many would struggle to feed themselves and their families. So he decided to repurpose his empty restaurants to cook meals to go and feed the hungry. And Jose was well-suited to make this kind of pivot, because for about a decade, he's been running a nonprofit organization on the side called World Central Kitchen. It's responded to natural disasters in places like Puerto Rico and Haiti by sending teams to help feed people in need. But now, the disaster was right in his own neighborhood. How do you repurpose your menu, which is a lot of more expensive, kind of higher-end food, for something that can serve mass numbers of people? We went to a very small menu, very simple menu, to try to get rid of everything, to don't waste any food that will go garbage anyway. We make sure we were using the food. And we put the sign saying, if you don't have money, don't worry. <laughs> you, don't, you, you, you can order anyway. And then in Georgetown, we were having long lines of many homeless. In downtown, Haleo, long lines. We have tens of thousands of meals in my few restaurants in D.C. What was great is that this became the blueprint. A blueprint that could help pave the way to getting millions of Americans fed. As other restaurants around the country were closing down, Jose started to talk to chefs about turning their restaurants into community kitchens, too. Tell me about the realization for those two things to come together. Well, I'm not very good at many things, but I'm good at connecting the dots and I'm good at creativity. And I'm surrounded with a very good team in my for-profit and I have an amazing team in the non-profit. And that's why for us it was very smart to say, we can save restaurants by the money we get donated, channeling that money through the restaurants, keeping the restaurants 
open. Nobody's getting rich doing this. The restaurants can keep employing a part of their crew. The restaurants can pay rent. The restaurants can pay their vendors. We don't stop the economy. And in the process, we are able to be feeding the different people from hungry people to hospitals that need support because their feeding systems are shutting down. That's what World Central Kitchen did. World Central Kitchen started partnering with restaurants around the country. They called the initiative Chefs for America. Hi, this is Farmer Rich. Uh, today we're at Corona in Queens. Um, we're just setting up. Hey, this is Josh Phelps with World Central Kitchen. Uh, right now we are unloading our first delivery of meals into Detroit. So here I am at Red Rooster again. They've been doing an amazing job here providing meals to this community in Harlem. This is the Spanish Harlem. I want to ask about money. We're in the middle of an economic crisis. Where was all the money coming from to support all this work? People love to see that an organization, an NGO, is really there. So donations began coming in, and we kept expanding. Foundations, individuals giving us $1, individuals giving us thousands of dollars, uh, individuals giving us millions. And that's how we were able to do it. I think we alone on the restaurant industry, we were able to channel to this day $135 million. Wow. Throughout this year, Jose's nonprofit has served millions of meals at thousands of restaurants around the country. Meanwhile, World Central Kitchen's other disaster work didn't stop. Jose went to feed people in Beirut after that massive explosion there. He went to Louisiana after Hurricane Laura and sent teams out west after wildfires destroyed homes. But as he traveled across the country and around the world to feed people in need, Jose's restaurants were struggling. That's after the break. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow. Everyone's talking about AI. Everyone. But where do you start? How can it actually help your business? The ServiceNow platform brings intelligence into every corner of your company. So every person, every system, every process, everything works better. Put AI to work. Tap the banner or go to servicenow.com slash genai to see how. So you're, you're doing all this while you also have your restaurant business, which must have been through a terrible year. What has the last nine months of this pandemic done to it? We went down in business dramatically and we didn't know if we were going to reopen. We had cash flow, but you had to start moving money around and delay some payments and to say, we're going to keep paying you rent, but please give us a break. Summer was better because we were able to reopen and we had restaurants that they were doing 
40-50% of the sales compared to the last year. Uh, so my business were doing okay, but they were in survival mode. And then I was very happy that PPP, the payroll protection program, came along. But unfortunately, the money coming into the restaurants and the funding from PPP wasn't enough to keep everyone employed. Jose had to close three restaurants and significantly cut staff at the 28 that remained. And the long story short of the close to 1,200, 1,400 employees that we have, I have right now 425 employees working. So you've had to lay off almost 1,000 people. Correct. And that was that was hard, and that still is hard to know that that there is so many people without a job, because I care for my restaurants, but it's not the restaurants I care for. I care for the people. What do you expect twenty twenty one is going to look like, not just for your business, but also the restaurant industry at large? I hope we have congressmen and and women and senators listening to this because the federal government has all the opportunity to help Americans in a moment of need. And this goes down to restaurants. We have the Restaurant Act, which we are asking for $120 billion. Why? We are one of the biggest industries in America. Directly, indirectly, we may be employing 15 million Americans. Every dollar you spend in a restaurant tickles down across the entire economy. We need to be helping restaurants in the same way we help and we bail out the airlines, which they employ a much smaller number of people. So you ask me, how do I see the future of restaurants? It's going to look very grim if our senators and congressmen don't come up with a right bill to protect restaurants who in essence are part of the DNA of America. Between lobbying Congress, feeding people around the world, and struggling to keep his restaurants afloat, when Jose sits down to write his pandemic book like he thinks everyone should, he'll have plenty to put down. What's motivating you to do all this? I mean, this has been a really scary year when the advice is to stay home and to avoid the spread. Why did you decide to throw so much of your energy into this effort? You know, I have, I have three amazing daughters that I always tell them that some of the biggest issues we face on the world, some of the biggest challenges and problems, they actually have very simple solutions. And I mean, instead of preaching, because especially teenagers, you cannot be preaching at them. <laughs> and especially now that, that young people are so smart. The way for me to show my daughters how we can create a better community, a better, a better world, and how they should behave in the world. It's not by preaching at them, but showing them. So in part, I do it because I want to show my daughters what's possible. So what I'm trying to say is that I'm tired of meetings. I shouldn't even be with you in this podcast. We need to start being more people of action, less people with a tie in an office, less people of planning, and more people are doing, boots on the ground. And this is one of the problems we have sometimes, that you see big organizations claiming, we are prepositioning ourselves to bring relief. What are you talking about? 
People are hungry today. People are thirsty today. What are you prepositioning? People need to start right now. The word emergency, emergency, doesn't mean, oh, we'll feed you next month. Don't worry. No, the word emergency means what are you doing to feed them today? Because food and water cannot wait. That's all for today, Wednesday, December 16th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.